0: Welcome in to episode 158 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com, Dr. Justice and Dr. Dr. Thompson, look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm fantastic, Jack. How are you? Well, feeling a whole, whole lot better now following Kentucky's very, very impressive 90-81 to victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday afternoon, Sean. Uh, we come back from Knoxville. It was a very deflating loss at Tennessee. It was one that they were looking for revenge and they got it from the opening jump. Uh, Kentucky comes home a little bit banged up and bruised. And we got uh, honestly some quotes from coach Cal that almost made it sound like he was prepared to punt the rest of the regular season away in in return, uh, looking to get his team 100% healthy for March. He said that uh, he knows this is a team that's capable of winning a title, one that he's very confident. He said, "I want to, you know, I'm I love coaching this team just as much as I have any other team, and uh, I'd sacrifice a couple late losses in the in the regular season if it, you know, and seeding purposes and SEC tournament standings, all those things. I, I'll sacrifice all of that stuff if it means I can have my team back healthy in March so the, admittedly I was a little concerned going into this game Cyber Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington both declared out uh, leading up to tip off I kind of enter this game going okay we have a, approached punting away the regular season zone let's just get out of this th- these last couple games unscathed and see what happens and Sean they go out and put up 90 points against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't think at any point this week did we think that Sabir wouldn't play, right? Right. Like, I thought that ty Tai would
1: sit, but I didn't think that the other any of the other two would. Uh, but, no, this is the most impressive win of their season. I agree. Take, take away – I mean, I'm, you can't take away what they did at Kansas at full strength, but when it comes to not having your one and your two guard and you put up 90 points – and you did it with a run from about seven minutes left in the first half through the end of the game that was one of the most impressive stretches of basketball that they put together this year. And we've seen them at times without those two guys kind of go stagnant. And today it didn't happen. Like, they got good, good action on offense. I thought from the start of the game, Alabama was just hot as could be early. You're hoping, okay, did they do this the entire game? Kentucky started contesting shots. And then Kentucky started making shots. Jacob Toppin did his thing. Keon Brooks did his thing. Oscar was great. Uh, Kellen Grady, though, you you can't say enough. You needed someone to kind of step up and say, all right, I'm going to put us on our back. That's what Kellen Grady did today, 7-9 from three-point range. I mean, the ball that hits off his, like, back, (laughs) and he grabs it. As soon as he got it and gathered it, I was like, he's drilling this right here (laughs) because that's the way that this game is going. But, no, when you look up here in a few weeks and you're on Selection Sunday – The Kansas win will get a lot of attention because the way they won it at Kansas. This will be their most impressive win in the committee's eyes because they did it without their starting backcourt against a team that is a top 25 team, a team that I still think could make it to that second week in the NCAA tournament, and and they beat them without two of their best guards, their two best guards.
0: I mean, I entered this game once they declared Savir and Ty Ty out. I said, okay, we have now approached – Punt territory. Uh, they are going to. Lo- they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose a couple more down the stretches. Is a, a gauntlet of teams that they're going to have to go uh, go against. There is no way that they, you know, even, you know, probably. Come out winning the last four or five games, however many there are left. Uh, I, I would have been shocked if they came out with a winning, winning win percentage out of that stretch. Uh, just figured they were going to lose a couple, you know, maybe snag that, you know, some of the easy you know, that Ole Miss win, th- th- those type of things. But uh, I thought for sure that this was an absolute loss, and the way this game opened, I thought for sh- for sure uh, that this was going to be a runaway loss, and and just this team's ability to claw back. With their backs against the wall, that stretch to close out that first half. That third to it, it was a 19 5 run, then it was a 15 2 run and a 13 0 run. The, the, that was kind of the, the uh, transition of everything. But that 13 0 run to close things out, you got the big make from Kellen Grady, you got some big free throws made, some transition buckets. It was about as impressive of a way to finish uh, being down 13 points and then to go into the halftime up by one. I mean. Th- that was right there why this team is so scary because you can well, be down your two best guards and then still come out and, and play that way. I think today that they showed us all that they can win a national championship.
1: This win, gutting it out the way that they did, they, they played five guys more than 35 minutes. And I know Cal talked a lot about depth at the end of the game. I, I don't think that they're that deep. I just think that they have a really good top seven guys. And, and you saw it today. Those two guys stepped in did their thing and uh, just an impressive win from, from top to finish and or from start to finish and just an unbelievable effort. Rupp Arena, the crowd, you can't Absolutely. say enough about what that building did today. It, it was just unbelievable from about the four-minute mark. And I, I know they're early in the game, first 15 minutes, you're, you're kind of just sitting there waiting for Alabama to start missing shots, Kentucky to do something, go on a run, but once that run came and then the block where Oscar's clapping there on defense and he gets the block, Grady hits the three, That from that moment on, I don't think Rupp Arena ever got quiet. But this is a win today that I think that they showed how good they can be. And, and you saw some guys that we now know are capable of doing more than what they've been doing. And and I don't think that that's a bad thing, right? I think it's more that they've bought into their role But you saw Keon Brooks today have a different energy about him. And we've seen him at a really good stretch this year with Kansas and some of these other games. But today he was kind of doing things that I I hadn't seen him do all year, even early in the game, kind of establishing himself. Kellen Grady knew he had to take shots. He said it after the game that kind of his role here, he knows he has that green light that Cal wants him to shoot the ball. And I think that you saw guys that they knew they wouldn't, they weren't going to come out of game for, for mistakes. You saw Toppin kind of cut loose and do some things. They have pieces that are capable of doing more what, than what they've done. I just think they just kind of needed that leash to do it. And maybe today having that leash is going to build confidence for that collective group of players when Ty-Ty and Savier do get back.
0: Yeah, I thought, I mean, first off, tip of the cap to Rupp Arena, the Big Blue Nation. The crowd was as impressive as I can remember all season long. Uh, I was in uh, Massachusetts for that Tennessee game, so I didn't get to see what that crowd was like, but I'm sure it was up there as well. But This crowd's ability to change the momentum of this game, they got Kentucky back into it them can the, you know Kellen Grady felt that momentum and felt that confidence because of their cheers and they kind of shot Alabama out of the game as well when when things were going tough for Alabama that loud crowd kind of created a, a suffocating environment for them as well and that you could tell that basket shrunk on their end so uh, just I mean we, you talk about home court's adva- home court advantages and uh, you hear people complain about how Kentucky uh, it, it's kind of an overhyped rep arena that the crowd is a little bit overhyped because of you know how big it is and and sometimes the lower arena isn't as loud as it could you watch all these high profile games of the student sections going from baseline to baseline sideline to sideline massive massive student bodies that just kind of you know absorb all of that noise and all that sound and, and you know spread it all out uh, I think tonight proved again why Rupp Arena at its best is the best environment in, in college basketball. When when things were going well, they started going really well for Kentucky. win. things started going bad for Alabama, they started going really bad. And I think that was uh, an absolute key difference maker in, in, in this it, win. It was. And I said that
1: before the game. I tweeted it out. As I was walking into Rupp, that's when you kind of get official word, you know, these, these two are not playing today. And, and where does Kentucky go from here? Like, who gets the offense started? Who makes the easy plays? Because we've seen them without those two guys before. And if they just lose one of them, it kind of changes the way they play. Sabir in transition. Ty-Ty getting uh, really good looks out of ball screen action. Well, step in. Kellen Grady, Davion Mintz. They man the backcourt. Only seven turnovers. Unbelievable. For the entire game. I don't think they had one for the first 14 or 15 minutes of the game I looked up. And I was like, okay, Alabama's shooting lots out. Kentucky is just trying to keep pace right now. And I thought that they did an excellent job in the first half, just staying within striking distance. And then they made their run, and they never looked back. That's the sign of a very good basketball team. And they, they took care of the basketball. Look, Kentucky had every excuse today to come in here, lose this game, and then kind of regroup here over the next couple of weeks. No, they, they come in here and they won a game. They opened the day as a two-seed in the committee's eyes. I'm telling you, Jack, they're going to look back, and you're going to have they're going to talk about this win on Selection Sunday in addition to what they look like at full strength, now you know what they look like without those two dudes. I mean, they have, to me, they opened a lot of eyes with that win today when it comes to the committee. And if they can just close strong, they've, they've got another one at home here. Hopefully you get healthy. You got two tough road games to close. It's a quad one win. You're, you're back to six and five and quad one wins. What does the committee do with this in a few weeks? I think this will be one of their better wins of the year. Not because it's one of the better teams that they've beaten, just that the the environment and the circumstances surrounding it makes it the most impressive one. Kentucky does not win this game. They lose this thing by 20-plus in December.
0: I completely agree. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And just the, the meaning behind it, going in with the expe- expectations that we had where it was like, well, you know what, if they lose a couple down the stretch, they're probably going to fall to a, a low two seed, maybe even slip to that three seed line, you know, with a with, uh, Tennessee and Ar- Arkansas kind of fighting it out for the the third and fourth spots in the SEC standings. Maybe Kentucky even falls to that number three or number even four seed uh, in the SEC tournament if things really uncr you know crumble down the stretch. Th- this. The wheels could have very well fallen off for this team if they wanted them to. If they they could have said, you know what, we're going to rest Ty Ty and Savir, and you know Jacob Tobin kind of came up limping at Tennessee. Maybe they decided to rest him. They, they could have very well said, you know what, screw it. The rest of this regular season doesn't matter anymore. Uh, all all that matters is getting to march healthy. And they got a. It was a perfect win win uh, scenario. It was it was icing on the cake. They got they came out, they fought, they competed, they got the win. And Sean auburn falls at florida which makes things even more interesting in the sec standings and as things stand right now we're we're recording uh during this tennessee arkansas game arkansas currently leads by nine uh with five minutes left to go in that one uh, over tennessee so we're talking about some very interesting scenarios unfolding and again where Kentucky's SEC tournament standing doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but it's it's it was one of those all things considered a win-win-win-win-win across the board because it helped their SEC standings, it helped their uh, NCAA tournament seating, it helped their Ty Ty and Xavier got yeah. uh, it, they, you know inch closer to getting back to 100%. It was there was there were no negative takeaways from this win. You got a better experience for Davion Mintz playing point guard. Kellen Grady played his butt off at playing. Point guard as well. It was it was for what this team. You know, Damian Collins got great experience off the bench. Jacob Toppin played his butt off. You go down the list. This was a massive win across the board. No negative takeaways whatsoever from this game. No, absolutely not. And and we've seen
1: since in conference play, they've been through so many different scenarios. Right. The the first one was they're without Xavier Wheeler. They go to Vandy. They they play Georgia here at home. They learn how to play without him. And then Ty Ty goes down. They have to learn to play without him. Uh, Toppins missed games. Well, today it was kind of a different aspect of it. They had to play without their entire backcourt for the entire game. They had not done that at any point in this season. No team, to me, is going to be more prepared for that NCAA tournament here in a few weeks than Kentucky, and it's just because of the adversity that they faced. That has just been, to me, today might be the defining moment of the entire year. And it's not the the get-right game. It was the who-are-we game. And and they found it. If they go on a run here over the next month, we're going to look back and we're going to point to this game. It's not going to be the Kansas win. It's not going to be the Tennessee win at Rupp. It's not going to be the North Carolina win in Vegas. It'll be this one to where you say, okay, maybe we believe that they could go on a run, but then you see what they did to an Alabama team here at Rupp Arena today, shorthanded, and that might be the one where everybody start has, has to start believing. Like, this team is good enough to go on a run. And you take throw away the Tennessee loss murder in the weekend. I mean – it's not going to kill you. It doesn't matter. Like it, we, we talked about it, right? Still number three in the net, number three in Ken Palm. Defensive efficiency did dip today. I mean, you gave up 81 to Alabama, but you lose one of your, your best on-ball on ball defender with no Xavier Wheeler. Offense is up to number three, though. It continues to go up, and this is a team that, I'm telling you, Jack, that resume is going to be one of the better ones in college basketball on Selection Sunday. They have a chance to get to ten quad one wins
0: over the next couple of weeks. If – they can get healthy, they've got a shot. Sean, they played five guys. Five guys tonight. The, you know, Damian Collins had four minutes. Dante had two. How about Damian, though, in his free throw shooting? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, no more mid-range jumpers, though. Please, no. Please, goodness, no. <laughs> but 90 points between five players, essentially. I mean, it, it literally was 84 points between five players. I mean, that level of production, uh, again... To to have that well-rounded of a performance, Davion Mintz was the only player in, that started that didn't hit that double-figure mark, but he still had some phenomenal moments in that game. Uh, I thought Jacob Toppin played his butt off. I yeah. thought he was so good. Uh, he replaced, I think, a lot of that that on-ball perimeter uh, defense success that that Kentucky usually has with Savvy Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. I think he emulated that quite well. He you you saw him out on the perimeter guarding, uh, you know, Shackelford. This you saw him guarding Ellis whenever the uh you know three started falling he was like all right that's my guy i'm, I'm gonna jump on him uh, he was he was out on the perimeter almost emulating the that same um you know kind of on ball intensity that you get out of kentucky's main starters in the backcourt so everybody fit their role so well tonight they th- other guys stepped up where they knew it was necessary uh it, we didn't get a whole lot of clonkiness that we saw earlier in the year whenever they tried to play da- uh um jacob and keon together it just felt like everything worked in harmony together especially that last five minutes of the first half and then the rest of the way in the second
1: and here's the thing too maybe going into this one i heard a lot of people say as i was coming in the door it's going to be a long day and i will admit i even said it yeah It's, it's going to be a long day but here's the thing that we probably should have stepped back and looked at they've done this before they've been on the floor without both those guys down the stretch at LSU. You saw mm-hmm. them try to claw back, and, and they had a shot to win the game, but that turnover late and some things kind of went against them. You saw them for a stretch at Auburn without tie tie, without Savier. This wasn't anything new to these guys. Now, was it new that they had to start the game that way? Yeah, but they've been on the floor without those guys, and now they've played – I mean, you probably totaled 60 minutes without that combination on the floor now over the course of those two games at, at Auburn LSU and now this one. I mean, this, this team, I'm telling you, they're going to be the most prepared team when the NCAA tournament starts. They've played some tough games. They've played in tough environments. They've literally faced almost everything that you could face at this point. Mm-hmm. And every they type just, of defense. They continue, every, they continue to respond. And it was, a, it was a total team effort today, not just from the group on the floor, but from the group in the stands. 20,000-plus helped will them to a victory today because once they got that lead – the tide never turned again like it was I mean no pun intended there but (laughs) it was uh, just an unbelievable victory and uh, one that I think we're going to look back on here in a few weeks and say man that that team that day really if there was anyone that was kind of like I don't know if this team could make a run you, you saw how deep they are today with with really solid seven pieces a Damian Collins that can come in and kind of spell you for a few minutes here and there. They tried to give some other guys some opportunities, but I don't think they win that game unless they stick with what they decide to do. Cal found his five, and he just decided to ride it out. Best decision he's made. Just just win the game. I, I, I yeah. don't, Do you think he thought he could win this game today going into it, though? Do you think he had a little bit of – Cause I don't know, I don't, I don't know. But I thought he was I full. Know. I thought he was full of it yesterday when he said <laughs> they're going to be without two or three guys. I said there's no way. But that was one time where he wasn't just saying that. He actually probably was like, okay, I have no idea what we're going to do. But I'm just glad it was at home. I don't think they win it on the road. Mm-hmm. But being no. here
0: in this building, they carried on today. Well, what did we say after that LSU game? After that Auburn loss? Both times when Kentucky lost its two lead ball handlers, their two lead guards, we said, I wonder how this would have been different if they had been able to pre- prepare for this because we were like how in the world did w- was it just was it just an all systems failure whenever Davion mentioned it? it's like how, how do have they not practice against this and Cal said specifically yesterday or I guess it was after today's game he said well we we knew we know how to play without Xavier yeah. and Taita we've done it in practice we have we've run Dante or uh, uh, Davion at point guard and we've run Kellen Grady at point guard and it, that was really clear tonight was very clear that, that yeah. this was not their first time that this wasn't their first road and and we're not a fan of the Jacob Topp and Keon Brooks
1: combo together, but I think you saw today if they ever need to do it when there's foul trouble, they, they can do it and still have spacing on the floor. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys were very good. Keon in mid-range, Jacob off the bounce, taking shots, pull-up jumpers. Like, his game has expanded just as much as anyone's has on this team. From the beginning of the year until now, you bring up a good point, though, that – you know, they were prepared for this moment today to play without those two guys. Well, we know that the committee in the past, the year that they had Zion Williamson go down to an injury, they looked at it, and they, they didn't really punish Duke for losses. You know what the committee has to do now? Okay, Same we've thing. seen Kentucky without these guys when they're prepared to play without them. It's almost a throwaway with what happened at LSU a month ago. You kind of and throw Auburn, out what Tennessee. happened at Auburn yeah. and Tennessee. Like you got to look and say, okay, Kentucky, they can win without them now. They can win if there's a guy down. But when they're at full strength, this is one of the best teams in the country. I really think when that bracket is revealed here in a month, we'll get into the teams that you don't really want to see, but I'm telling you that I don't think there's anyone Kentucky should fear. Because when they're at full strength, they're going to have seven, eight dudes that are capable of beating you on any given night. It could be a Jacob Toppin. It could be a Davion Mintz. I mean, Davion Mintz had the 21-point game against Vandy. Look at all the individual performances that have come together and they've carried Kentucky at some point. It's not just four or five guys doing it. It's seven guys that have done it. Damian Collins at Alabama, he stepped up today with six points in, in a few minutes there. But this team collectively, and, and Cal has had a swagger about him that I don't think Cal's had in a long time. At this late in the year, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't this swaggy a couple years ago when the season got shut mm-hmm. with shut down due to COVID. Even after the loss at Tennessee, that what has it been? I like my team. I'm taking my team. We're one of the better teams. When we're at full strength, we're healthy. He knows what he has, and I think now college basketball knows it too.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you bring up – other competition in college basketball i mean look auburn lost tonight uh, against florida and florida did everything in their power to lose that game down the stretch that they did not look good uh, down the home stretch and and auburn just somehow looked worse and that's somebody that everybody all year has kind of thought has you know kind of penciled in as that guy gonzaga has lost games like that you've seen duke lose games like that everybody at the top of that list shoot tennessee the team that everybody after that game on on tuesday in knoxville everybody said "Uh uh-oh Tennessee's playing like a top 10 team in college basketball. Maybe they're emerging as that next man up type team and maybe that they maybe they're going to emerge as that sneaky 3 seed that uh, you know knocks out a 1 seed or you know wh- whatever even they're down fifty-one forty-four with two minutes to go, well, a minute thirty. They're going to lose at at Arkansas in a really game where they're struggling to score. Yeah, it really throw things off in these SEC standings. But again, the even the teams that look their best one one day, they, they go out and score forty-four points in a forty-minute regulation game at Arkansas. Things like that show just how strong this Kentucky like it it further builds that resume for Kentucky and shows why they're so dangerous right now and especially right now but but even further uh, in these next couple weeks this is a year where the committee has to wait until
1: Sunday afternoon to really set in stone what they're doing with the SEC the league is that good you've got two teams there at the top in Kentucky and Auburn that I think are going to be in contention for a one seed they possibly could be playing on Sunday afternoon, who knows the way the league's going right now? Though, if one of these teams doesn't get beaten on Friday, yeah, in the SEC tournament, I mean, you're seeing an Arkansas team that's surging late in the year. This Alabama team can get hot; they do that to anyone else. They win. Mm-hmm. Like Kentucky, I think was one of the few teams that could withstand what happened to them today, uh, because one, you, you saw Kentucky not hang their head when it started. Cal didn't panic; he didn't start calling timeouts. He did, he let them play through it. Kellen Grady would hit a big shot. Keon Brooks would hit a big shot. Oscar grab an offensive rebound. They did enough. They like the the, sh- the ship is sinking, right? And then you're running around, you're sticking a hole here as water's coming up. <laughs> they kept throwing the water out, and then they got they got their boat fixed. And then the next thing you know, they're they're sailing in the second half. And I just think uh, one of the mo- like I said, well, you have you'll have a hard time finding a more impressive win today in college basketball than what Kentucky just did. Short-handed, how many teams in college basketball can win a game against a top 25 opponent without their starting one and their
0: starting two? Think, and the other team hitting 1430. I think people are, I mean I, I know that people are, are understanding how big this win is on Twitter and so you know social media, Facebook. I I think people get it, but I I do think we we need to drive that point home as as much as we humanly can. Kentucky was without its two primary ball handlers. they they had two guards Dante Allen I, I wouldn't even consider him uh, part of that main rotation shoot even with that circumstance he still only played two minutes and in, in, of those two minutes Sean it wasn't it wasn't pretty they, this, was a, this was a this was a Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz have to win this game for Kentucky. If not, they're screwed. Like there was, there was no other option. There were two guards. This wasn't like they've already announced that Shaden Sharp's not playing the rest of this year. So this wasn't even a all right, screw it, hail Mary, let's throw Shaden in just to see what the heck can happen. This was a you have two guards that can win you this game. You got to see if they can do it. If not, then Kentucky's toast. And they they still found a way to win. Well, Losing without your or playing without your two lead guards like that is almost impossible. And they found a way to put up ninety points. That's just unheard of. And and the season almost feels like fate
1: to me with this team because when Davion Mintz returned, I remember being on vacation in the summer and you and I recorded an episode. Mm -hmm. And then I came back and we hosted KSR. The the talk then was how in the world is Cal going to make this work with all these options? How are you going to keep everybody happy? This has been one of the most bought-in teams I think I've ever seen him have. You know, you had CJ go down early in the year with an injury. He hasn't played. Probably don't expect him to play at all Mm -hmm. this year. Davion Mintz comes back, we're like, where does he fit in with this? Does he start? Does he come off the bench? Is he going to be okay coming off the bench? That dude's like the perfect glue guy you've got in college perfect. basketball. Like, when when you go to a Final Four here in a month, if, if they make a run, it's going to be because of guys like Davion Mintz. And, and he, he comes back. He, he doesn't care what his role is. He started games. He's played 30-plus minutes. I mean, he played 38 minutes today. He was a guy that, I mean, he didn't shoot the ball well, two of four or two of nine from the field. Oh, two 2 from three, three or four at the line, didn't turn it over. Mm-hmm. He was just your perfect, I'm, going, three to, steals I'm too. going to take care of the basketball, I'm going to let other guys do their thing, and we're going to win this game. And I, I tweeted a photo before the game or after the game of Oscar Sheboy standing up in midcourt, and he's got his arm around Xavier Wheeler and Tata Washington. I would have loved to have known what Oscar's saying in that moment. It's like five minutes before tip-off. What do you think Oscar's saying there? you think he's saying it's, it's going to be okay? Oscar's probably – We've with got his posi- this. We've got this. <laughs> We've got positive this. momentum. And for those two to not play today, they were just as important on the bench. You saw Savir, you saw Tai ty celebrating. Uh, this team loves one another. How cool was it, too, to see all the, the alumni and all the former players back here today, and they're all on the video board from Jared Polson to Dan Issel to Wayne Turner, Eric Daniels. You saw so many in attendance, and I, I thought that was a really cool thing today to see because it, it, I mean, it takes every single one of them, and that's what it took for this team today.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a little disrespectful. They show uh, twenty Beckham on Beckham on the screen, and then the you know Julius Mays is sitting right next to him, and they like everybody's clapping for twenty, and it's like, well showed Julius Mays he was awesome awesome here and then later it was the same situation with Jared Prickett they I think it was Darren Feldhouse they <laughs> so had they, they showed him and Jared Prickett's off to the side and he's like like barely shoving his face in the camera like hi guys I'm uh, yeah I'm still right here but yeah awesome environment again uh, over 50 former players come in ranging from the Joby Hall area all the way or I, I guess the Adolph Rupp area all the way up through John Calipari Michael Kidd Gilchrist was here I mean Emmanuel Quickly was the why. Uh, I mean, and... How awesome is it, Sean, that you have a guy like Emmanuel quickly come back to this program and spend an hour after the game go up into the stands and sign autographs with fans, and, and like hey, and everybody talks. And there was even somebody that I was arguing with on Twitter about, uh, "Oh, these guys don't care anything about the, uh, about Kentucky; they don't love you," you know, things like that. And it's like, well, uh, if, if he didn't love this school and he didn't love this state, then why in the world would he, a, even be here? He is he had his one weekend off. This is All Star Weekend in the NBA. He could have gone to. Barbados he could have gone to you know any Caribbean beautiful place in the world uh, to to r- relax for a weekend and he decided to come back to Lexington be the why watch this game and sign autographs with fans after the game don't tell me these kids don't care about these about the this program in this state
1: yeah and he was doing the same thing too so we sit press row was between the upper and lower levels at Rupp Arena and this is an hour after the game so I saw your picture that you tweeted He's walking out and he's still taking pictures Unbelievable. all the way to the doors and all the way to the street. But, yeah, it, it was good to see all those faces here today, the, the people that have, you know, kind of been I mean trailblazers for this program, the people that have won national championships, they've gone to Final Fours, they, they know what it takes to win here. And it was really cool to see them scattered throughout the lower bowl at Rupp Arena from walk-ons to – All Americans, all the way through. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable, and you felt the energy in this building today. And I'm just glad that they were able to get a win on a day where they're bringing so many people back. I'm sure you're going to see some really good content uh, from on UK's Twitter feed over the next couple of days from having those guys back here. And I know they they would have loved to had some more, but you do have some dudes in the All Star game and everything else busy this weekend. But (laughs) uh, just an an unbelievable day at Rep Arena. A win that I think we're going to look back on. I think it will arguably probably be my favorite moment from the season. I don't know if anything in the regular season can top what we watched today. Kansas was great. The Tennessee win, I know you weren't here. It was incredible. But just seeing what this team did today and then rally behind one another. You got Ty Ty Washington tweeting that he... He bets his granddad's better than yours. And he was, right? Like, <laughs> just unbelievable. The, the love that they have. I still, I'm still i still waiting on John Calipari to do the gritty. I don't think they're going to get it until they win a championship, though.
0: That's going to be a special. Did you see earlier today Ty Ty, even in his injured self, during a TV timeout, while Emmanuel quickly comes off, he Emmanuel quickly does the gritty, coming on to the court and does the why. And as he's coming off the court, and then Ty Ty kind of runs over, and he's like, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, hold on, and then they do like a little gritty off. It was, it's like, what name another program that does stuff like this? Name another one that brings back an NBA player like that who is so comfortable on this stage. I mean, shoot, he does play at Madison Square Garden every night, so it doesn't really shock me that he's that comfortable. But uh, having a guy like Emmanuel quickly come back, and then your injured player on the bench as your team is mounting a massive, massive comeback, uh, it, you know, he's dancing and interacting with with Ty Ty on the bench. It's just little things like that, man, that just made this game. Just just so unbelievable from start to finish. The crowd was amazing. The, the uh, as shorthanded as they were, uh, they were able to rally back, come you know, back back against the wall, come back and win that game. Score ninety points w- without their two primary ball handlers. I mean, you just go down the list. Every takeaway from this game was just uh, another uh, another check uh, check of the box of of this is why this is a national title contender, Sean. It's like this this right here is why you feel so confident going into March. And that's why when we were leaving Knoxville and we were like, okay, is this something to be concerned about? Or is this, it's like, no, because we know what pieces are on this team. We've seen them play at their best. And when they are at their best, even shorthanded, they there's nobody in in college basketball like them. And they proved that once again tonight. Yeah, they they did.
1: And you're going to look up on selection Sunday and you're going to have the people that are trying to find the reasons why Kentucky won't make a deep run or the reasons they won't win a national championship. But what you have is this long list of check marks, of all the reasons why they can do it, you are not going to have very. Um, the only thing that I think that could derail it is injuries, mm-hmm. and I think at some point it would be too much to overcome. If they can stay healthy, this is one of the top four teams in college basketball, and it wouldn't shock me if we're sitting somewhere in a building in April recording sources say pregame shows, sources say postgame shows, and then uh, just unbelievable like what this team did today. What they've done over the course of this season, the record is impressive because they've done it. How many? We need to go back and see how many games they've actually had every one available.
0: Because I think it, they said it was like twelve. That's what I was thinking. I think maybe 12. twelve,
1: maybe thirteen tops. I know a lot of people are probably wondering how does Kansas have the one seed over Kentucky right now, given the head to head. The committee got it right today. Today. Because of Kansas's overall body of work. You can't throw that away. There were nine and three entering the day in quad one. Kentucky was five and five in quad one. Kentucky now six and five. I don't know if I've said this on sources say, but there's a couple scenarios I'm looking at. Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, North Carolina 45th in the net. That needs to stay top 50 to stay a quad one for UK. Texas a and 73 in the net. That needs to stay top 75. Vandy, 78th in the net. Can it sneak in that would to be, be a quad one road victory? This is a team that you could look up if things go in their favor the next two to three weeks, could have 10-plus quad one victories. That's when the head-to-head versus Kansas will matter on Selection Sunday. If they're vying for a, a one seed there, Kentucky will get it if it's close because that head-to-head matchup will be considered.
0: Yeah, I I think this resume is stacking up with anybody else in, in college basketball, and I think that that's going to prove itself uh, here in the next couple of weeks as as the schedule keeps uh, going down the home stretch of the schedule. There's still a couple very high profile games to that you got to get. This was one of them, and um, man, just a monstrous victory tonight. This was a lot of fun. Uh, and, very enjoyable experience from start to finish. Love the crowd. Love the uh, players that came back. Love the performance by the team. Just uh, all-around awesome effort, Sean. Let's uh, um, get out of here because we have a, a couple days off, but we have another late one at Rupp Arena on Wednesday night as, as Kentucky takes on LSU at 9 p.m. So uh, we'll definitely be back. I'm sorry we didn't get a uh, pregame show this this time around. That's why we wanted to get such a quick turnaround on the, um on this show, but we're, we're, I promise we'll be back with a pregame show for the LSU game and then uh, obviously another postgame show as well after and, that one. And I think we're trying to figure out a way to
1: make up for no pregame, right? Yeah. Oh, like, that's – yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I mentioned to Jack I'd like for us to do a mailbag episode maybe on Monday if we can find time. If not, maybe Tuesday because mm-hmm. I know that's a late game Wednesday. We may run the pregame show Wednesday morning, but we're, we're thinking about doing a mailbag and getting maybe 30 minutes' worth of questions. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how the weekend goes and, and what's happened over the next few days. But uh, we'll make sure that we make up for no pregame show. But this postgame show, and you're going to have a lot of content coming your way this week. It's another big week for Kentucky, that road trip to Arkansas a week away from today. Where's Kentucky in the SEC standings? They're still in contention to win the to win the
0: league. Auburn still goes to Knoxville. Just ended. Arkansas beats Tennessee by 10, 58-48. So there you go, Sean. Yep. Well, let's uh, wrap this thing up and get the heck out of here with one final message from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway. It's actually NBA All Star Weekend, as we uh, discussed before, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is is the perfect game for you. You simply select 2 to 5 players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting 4 or 5 predictions correct. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code PILGRIM. That's P I L G R I M to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and using promo code pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.